friends, welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. So this week, we are continuing with our series introducing these essayists who wrote For Only the Lover Sings, and we're sort of in the home stretch. There's just this week's song, and then two more to go, and actually that will wrap up season four of this podcast. I can't believe uh, how fast this year is flying by. It's kind of crazy. Uh, So I'll be taking a break from this particular space, and then the podcast will start back with season five in January 2023. But in the meantime, I'm really, really excited to be getting back on the road for a house concert tour from September to November. Um, These last two years of COVID time have really got me missing so many dear friends around the country, and I've missed so much getting to play my songs for people in real life, in person. So I'm super excited to tour again. If you want to host a house concert, please let me know, and I'll try to find a spot on the calendar to come sing for you and your friends. That would be really, really fun. So for more info on that, you can just visit my website, matthewclark.net slash house concerts and house concerts is all one word and you'll see all the details on how that works so this week i want to introduce you to one of my favorite writers amy lee Uh, she's actually been on this podcast before you may remember and she and her husband young one have shown me so much kindness and love over the years Uh, they have a beautiful family and they're just really dear friends So when I sent Amy this first album, uh, she chose the song I See a Light to write to. And I'm so glad she's the one writing for this song because as a fellow J.R.R. Tolkien fan, she hit on a particular idea that I love and that was perfect for this song. And that is Tolkien's concept of the eucatastrophe. So let's look at the idea of eucatastrophe for a minute. I see a light, I see a light Like a spear thrust through the gloom I hear a voice, I hear a voice Like a song in the middle of the field of war I see a table I see a table set for the hungry in their time I feel a touch, a gentle touch Brush like a breeze in the desert heat If Only the Lover Sings is an album about slowly learning to look at the one who has come looking for us. Slowly overcoming all the obstacles that we place in the way of Jesus' loving gaze. Then this song comes at the point in that narrative when our face finally turns and we make astonishing eye contact with the light of God's face in Christ. All the songs have been building to this turning point. This moment that we've been trying so hard to avoid out of fear 
turns out to be filled with light and relief and joy. This is the climax of grand surprise. The moment we had expected to be unbearable that unexpectedly bears us up into new unimagined heights of happiness. It's the fairy tales happily ever after that presages a true and ultimate fulfillment in the gospel. J.R.R. Tolkien coined a term for this unexpected turn towards joy that comes at the darkest moment of the tale. And he called it eucatastrophe, the, quote, good catastrophe. Tolkien says Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection constitute in the real world the greatest example of the fairy tale ending. That they are the eucatastrophe of human history. The happy ending emerges directly from the darkest moment. So a few songs back, we looked at the crucifixion of Jesus. The song was called The Heart of Our God. And one of the lyrics says, I promise it's worth it to stare down the worst, to face up to a face crucified. If it means that we can find an old highway has cleared that leads home to the heart of our God. So if you think of this album as kind of a fairy tale based on the woman at the well who represents each one of us, then you might think of every song until this point as wrestling with this call to face a dying, crucified Jesus, and in so doing to enter ourselves into His death. But everything in us wants to resist death. We want to live, right? Of course we do. So that's true, but Jesus tells us that only those who lose their life shall find it. And that is kind of the wild twist. That if we gaze into that dying face, entering into Jesus' death with him, we'll actually find life. In fact, more life than we could ever have imagined was possible. A true fairy tale ending will begin to unfold that actually will wind up being ever after, in the literal sense of endless, eternal joy. I get really excited about this stuff, but I'll stop there and let you meet Amy Lee. So you can hear her read just a short excerpt from the essay she wrote for Only the Lover Sings. So let me introduce you to Amy. Amy Beck Lee writes from a desk looking out on a cottage garden, usually surrounded by children's drawings, teacups, and stacks of patient books. She's a writer and managing editor for The Cultivating Magazine, a contributing writer for The Rabbit Room, and co-director of the Anselm Arts Guild. Much of Amy's writing stems from wonder at the redemptive love of Christ and the piercing, reorienting grace of his joy, ever seeking to press on to her true country and to help others to do the same, C.S. Lewis. She posts essays and stories about living homeward at amybeckley.com. She lives in Colorado with her husband and two daughters. 
amybeckley.com is spelled A-M-Y-B-A-I-K-L-E-E.com. I'm so grateful for Amy's heart and the way it and her faith in Christ shine so beautifully through everything she creates. And I just love this essay so much that she wrote for the book. So please do take a minute to go check out Amy's other writings. She's got all kinds of good stuff on her website at amybeckley.com and at thecultivatingproject.com. You can follow her on Instagram, where she posts very thoughtful and beautiful short reflections. Her Instagram handle is the same as her website, at uh, amybeckley. So just take my advice. Go, go read everything of hers that you can find. Uh, she's wonderful. So with that said, here is Amy Lee with an essay response to the song I See a Light entitled The Sound of Catastrophe." The statue is exquisitely carved, the perfect likeness of his late wife. Beholding it for the first time, the aged king is momentarily robbed of speech. He was prepared to see her figure and face, he thought, but he knows now that he wasn't prepared for all that her form would awake in him. Here, in lines far clearer than his grieving memory has been able to draw over sixteen years, are her honest eyes, her hands, her unmistakable posture of tenderness. He sees that the sculptor has taken into account the elapsed years and shaped this image as she would have appeared now. A kindness, surely, but one that cuts as much as it comforts. For she herself would be here today if not for his suspicious rage, his groundless jealousy. The very position of the statue reminds him of the day she was hauled at his merciless command out of bed after giving birth. Shame sears him as he remembers. He made her stand trial for adultery. On that oppressive day, she still had life in her body. Resolute in her innocence, though weak in her limbs, she was flushed with the warmth of a queen's breath and blood. The coldness of this stone reproaches him, and rightly so. The king stands still before the statue, weighted by his past iniquities. He spurned his longtime friend, who was as blameless as his wife in the matter of the imagined affair. He terrified his little son, who died of fear during the trial. He brought about the death of his wife, who collapsed and succumbed to her grief. Even his newborn daughter was banished to die by exposure to the elements. At this moment, the audience of Shakespeare's The Winter's Tale, if they are familiar with the source material for this play, knows what ought to come next for King Leontes. Robert Greene wove the original threads of this plot in his 1588 prose romance, Pandosto, and in that work, the king ultimately takes his own life. Perhaps it's best to let Leontes have his moment of remorse, then. His just desserts will arrive soon enough. But in this play, as he lingers, the hostess and owner of the statue steps forward. If you can behold it, Paulina offers, I'll make the statue move indeed, descend, and take you by the hand. Leontes agrees, still gazing. Whatever she is able to do, he is willing to witness.
she bids the statue move. Slowly, it descends from its pedestal. Its hand is impossibly raised, its arm extended toward the stunned king. A deep cry catches in Laontes' throat as he reaches out, and the iron knot of 16 years' sorrow begins to unravel. Oh, she's warm! This is the coup de théâtre at its finest, and one of the most poignant moments in Shakespearean drama. Prior to this scene, King Laontes has already found that the daughter he disowned at birth is alive, and he has welcomed and embraced her return. Together they visit the home of a noblewoman so that the daughter might see a much-acclaimed statue of her mother. There, Laontes finds the statue to be no immovable sculpture, but his beloved wife in living flesh, hidden away for 16 years until the right moment. Another word for this development is J.R.R. Tolkien's You Catastrophe. Thank you so much, Amy Lee, for sharing with us today and for being a part of this project. If you want to read the rest of Amy's essay, you can get your own copy of the book Only the Lover Sings from Amazon today. And you can hear the song that her essay was responding to on my Spotify page or wherever you stream music online. The book and the album are both called Only the Lover Sings. Before I close this out today by reading the lyrics to I See a Light, I would love to invite you to support this podcast and this work that I do. I'm, I'm just an independent singer-songwriter and publisher, Uh, Making music and books is very costly and (laughs) not terribly lucrative. For instance, even with the money I save from doing most of my recording myself, it still costs around $15,000 to create one album. And Only the Lover Sings is just the first in a trilogy that I'm producing over a three-year period. And then you add to that publishing three books simultaneously and paying Uh, nearly $6 a gallon to drive a big diesel van around the country for three months this fall touring. But even more than the costs involved, something I love is just having friends with me in this ministry. Friends who are praying with me along the way and who are partnering in the process. That's such a big deal. It's so wonderful. So patron partners have been absolutely key to not only making this work sustainable practically, but just in encouraging and supporting my own heart through their prayers and friendship. So, if this work is something that you find fruitful, if you believe in it, uh, would you consider becoming a part of it by becoming a patron partner? You can find out more about all of that on my website, matthewclark.net slash partner. Thanks for considering it. Okay, so just to close this, I'll read the lyrics to this one. It's called, I See a Light. I see a light. I see a light. Like a spear thrust through the gloom. I hear a voice, I hear a voice like a song in the middle of the field of war. 
I see a table. I see a table set for the hungry in their time of need. I feel a touch, a gentle touch, brush like a breeze in the desert heat. And with all my strength, I turned my face, and I found you were facing me. You saw me naked there when my shame fell round my feet. It fell round my feet. I hear a song. I hear a song kindled in my stricken heart. I learned a dance. I learned a dance and a music I had not known to look for. I nearly gave up. I nearly gave up so great the flood of evil that arose. But then the tide turned and I heard laughter. The only unconfused one comes to judge. And with all my strength, I turned my face and found you were facing me. You saw me naked there when my shame fell round my feet. It fell round my feet. All right, friends. Please go check out Amy's stuff online at amybecklee.com or at The Cultivating Project or on the Rabbit Room website. I'll link to all of her stuff in the show notes on my website. Go grab your copy of Only the Lover Sings on Amazon and give the songs a listen wherever you stream music. And please leave a review on Amazon if you've already read it. Thanks so much for being here this week. I'll see you next Monday on 1000 Words. Thank you.